What up, y'all? I'm the big homie. Yo, it's your homeboy, GR. We want to welcome you to our show called That's, That's What's, What's Up. up. A show about people bringing topics to the table that me and GR aren't normally familiar with. Right. But you know what? We're ready to get into it, and we're ready to hear your thoughts about it. All right? You ready, bro? I'm ready. All right, let's, let's do it. Let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on? I'm the big homie. And I'm the big homie, little we homie, wanna, GR. We want to welcome you to a show called That's, That's What's, what's up. up. Thank you. Welcome, everybody. We uh, got a good show for you guys today. Uh, gaming is something in the world that is taking everyone by storm. And That's right. To elaborate on the subject a little, we have my man Frank. Frank, say what's good. What's good, homies? Hey, thank you for joining the show, brother. Oh, no problem, man. I'm right. happy to join. All right, glad to have you. That's what's up. That's what's up. So let let's get your take first on gaming. What do you what do you think gaming is? How does gaming impact your life, Frank? Uh you know, gaming's honestly like one of my biggest hobbies. It's where I relax, it's where I get focused at the same time. Uh it really doesn't impact my life in a huge way because I, I bring a lot of the things I learn in gaming, like teamwork and and coercion, into my regular everyday life, like That's at work and, and school and stuff. So uh, it's surprising how how much you can learn from playing a game like Call of Duty or you know something like that, where your where your entire success in the game is based on how well you work with others. You're right. That's that's very insightful to hear you say that because mm-hmm. I I I remember this uh, playing games when I was a kid, and my parents were <laughs> I was limited, <laughs> only had like an hour to play, and they they just thought it was a waste of time. So it's very insightful to hear you say that. And you know it's it's I feel like a lot of parents uh, get the wrong idea about gaming because oh yeah they definitely. they they seem to see these you know gta where you can i mean not to be graphic but you can go and beat a hooker to death and like they, they think that that's all of gaming and, and that you yep. can just that yep. every, that all, their kids are going to get this terrible impression from playing games that you like the main focus is to kill other things but i feel like there's a there's a light side to everything and that light side almost always being more social even if you are alone in your own home you know right that's yeah, what's up. It's it's crazy that um how games are nowadays versus like when uh I started playing. You know. I'm a I'm an old school head. I don't know if Isaac's uh my boy IJ's told you. Um like I I started playing games like back when Atari was, was popular. You know? And Hell yeah. Yeah. And then I just worked my way up with every new uh system that came out, you know. So for me when I'm playing like GTA or something like that. I'm I'm mesmerized because I've seen where it came from, you know, the stick figures and blocks and yep. you know, um given the technology back then to what it is now, it's it's almost like it's so surreal, you know. Oh, of course, man. I, I totally get where you're coming from. I mean, I'm not exactly the oldest man in the book, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I started out playing on Sega Genesis with my dad. Okay, yeah. Uh, and I could just remember playing, like, you know, like Aladdin and like the old old school games, man. Like those were my life back when I was five, six years old. And now 
just to have my own PC that I've built with my own two hands and to be able to go in and right. play all these crazy games with amazing graphics and full worlds that revolve around your play style and how you interact with things around you. I think that's just absolutely amazing how far it's come in the, in the few years that it's been in the light. Right, right. Of course. I mean, just look at competitive gaming. You know, like we we were founding members of an esports team that's now recognized as a sport all across FLCC. You know, like, that's what's up. How how cool is that? That's, that's what's up. <laughs> that was honestly such an honor to me, like to be able to be incorporated into that first, the founding, the to the true foundation of our one of what I think will be one of the biggest um, clubs and teams in in FLCC. I think that it has such a massive potential to grow and That's become right. one of the most recognized parts of our school. Isn't it isn't it the biggest at this very moment? I mean, yeah, it's the largest club, I think. Right. Um and sports team because I don't think there's any other sports team with 80, 80 people plus like 100 yeah. people, but you know, there's that right. many in that in that club? Oh yeah. Oh wow. Oh, I had we, no clue. We crushed that first day. First day we had like 100 people show up. Wow. And like That's... half of that is just League of Legends. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> okay. <I know. laughs> he didn't even mention Call of Duty yet. You probably Call would have had like 200. I still don't have a team. Yeah, that <laughs> I don't was know what you're talking about. Wow, that's like, crazy. You know, like every time someone would join my Call of Duty team, it, it would always be something, man, I'm sorry, it's just not working out. Right. I'm like, all right, fine. Find another member. Then someone else would go, man, I'm sorry, I just can't make this work. I'm like, all right, cool. About five times of that, and I was like, I, I can't, I'm done. <laughs> right. You know? That's that's crazy, man. It's still, yeah. it's still cool I mean, to, oh, go ahead. Uh, I mean, I think that was part partly just because a lot of our members were dual enrollment with another sport like me and, and Jared, per se. Like we're both technically at that point, we were two sport athletes playing baseball and uh, esports. Uh-huh. So and then on top of that, Jared also played for my Fortnite team and he was trying to join your COD team. Yeah. So. I think a lot of it was just people were getting spread too thin because a lot of, you know, most people play several games. It's not just I just play League of Legends or right. I just play Fortnite. So I think a lot of that in time will people will realize like, hey, like I really enjoy playing Call of Duty. Like, let me get into that instead of I want to play League and I want to play Call of Duty because they're fun, not because it's an actual sport now. Right. Um. Let me let me get your take on this uh, quick question, Frank. Um, since you know, and you, you brought it up when you um, started talking about you know the game systems nowadays and how far they come. But where do you think they'd be, and maybe so like the next ten years? Where, where do you think game, video gaming would be? Where where it it would be? That's actually an awesome question that I've been thinking about a lot lately because um, I really think that. I'd like to see, or I think there will be more of, uh, more in-depth VR. 
I think people oh, okay. yeah. are really enjoying virtual reality. Even my next door neighbors, they're two 50 something year olds and we have this local <laughs> now, okay. now listen they're, they're, we have this local spot that uh it's basically like a vr place and, and you know you go in you get your own room and you get to play x amount of games in vr really and yeah. when exists. they came over for a party we were having they were talking to me about it and how amazing it actually was and they didn't even know this technology existed meanwhile this guy owns his own software company like and for somebody like that to not even know it existed, never mind how far it's actually come and how real he thought it was. And this is just this is just the base. If you really think about it, VR just came into light like within the last five, ten years. Uh-huh. Right. So I can only imagine in ten years from now how advanced we're probably gonna be in that and how <laughs> um how much more realistic VR can get. Um but on top of that, I think a lot of it's just gonna I feel like we've hit a plateau with other games mm-hmm. where, like, graphics-wise, we can't get much better, or at least I don't think, aside from the hardware aspect where bigger and larger, more capable graphics cards will come out in time and bit better consoles will come out with better specs. And I think that's what a lot of people are focused on because they don't know the depth of how, how good games can get. Right. Um, but I think the real improvement is coming in on VR. Is that that's we're at the base right now, and mm. there's only up from here. So I feel like that will really, really blow people's minds in ten years. Yeah, I, I, that's I, what's up. I think that's what's up. Absolutely. You know, VR. You're right. Like it's so new, and it's a technology that's only going to get better. I th- I had a dream the other night. Uh oh. Listen. Story time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you're gonna talk about VR, I dreamt that we as a country were at war with North Korea. In your okay. dream? In my dream. Okay. Okay, but we didn't actually fight the war. See what happened? Uh, every nation, right? Every world leader that you know, if they wanted to go to war, you know, the snap of the finger, right? All of them had their armies. And each player, or each army man, infantry, soldier, yeah, yeah, they all had a VR headset, oh, and they would okay. and they would go to battle in the VR, VR right. right? So there's still that aspect of competitiveness, you know, like we we want, you know, like denuclearization or something, you know, right? That could be fought in VR. That way, you want to keep world peace. Nobody has to die yet. You right. still keep that competitive aspect to it, you right, know. Right, right. And it what what was like the benefit after it was done? Whoever no. won is the, yeah okay. Who whoever would win, right? Like go go to war just like that, you know. <laughs> Except you got controllers instead of AR fifteens in your hands and all that, you know. You could be launching mortars, all that. I, Listen, and you I had was this in your a, dream. I had it in my dream. Wow, you know, like no, wow. no, and nobody actually died. Right, and I, I was just like, that's why, interesting. Why, why aren't we doing this? That is, that's <laughs> interesting. That's that's, that's awesome though. Yeah, right. Be, I never thought of about about it like that. That 
you know there there's so many there's so many capabilities with it and i mean this is just me being letting my little weeby side come out but like <laughs> sword art online like that was one of my biggest like one of the best animes i've watched right and it's literally all about the future of vr and how they get into this full dive technology where basically you don't move your body at all but you connect with the game through your mind and you can control your body in the game with your mind and i think that eventually will become where we are going i think that's the path we're taking at this point because i can only imagine gamers wanting that wanting to have the most realistic feel where like even now i don't know if you guys have seen it but there's a there's like a not a bodysuit, but kind of like a, a vest and like arm sleeves that you can wear that when you get shot from like your left, you feel like a vibration on on your left arm. And like, then, you know, <laughs> all right, there's somebody to my left. And I, I mean, oh, wow. slow, we're slowly growing to the point where like people really want to use their bodies for this. That's right. They don't want to be restricted to a keyboard and mouse or just a controller. They want to really experience the game at the fullest extent it can be. So I think that would be the ultimate uh, VR experience, but yeah. that's just you know time will tell. That that kind of reminds me. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, that kind of reminds me of. Um, and, and I'm going back old school again, so so y'all know. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm. I'm <laughs> that's, that's your league. That's your league. That's right. <laughs> um, Nintendo came out with a glove, and it was called the Nintendo Glove. And it you know if it was like uh, arm, you know fit on your hand, but it went up to as far as like your your elbow, and um, it was just from you know from one hand, and you control the game through your hand. You know you pointing at the screen. At, it obviously had like a a, a, a transmitter that uh, you know captured your movement of your arm. You know whatever way you moved it left or right or whatever. Um, but it was only made for like certain games, you know. So back then, it was it was when it came out, it was like super expensive, uh-huh. you know. And if I'm only gonna be able to play like two or three games on it with this Nintendo glove, then you know why buy it? And was that its downfall? And that was its downfall because you didn't hear anything about it the next Christmas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was on the shelves. You know what I'm saying? Nobody nobody was picking up on it. But you know it's crazy, and it's interesting how you um. You know, we're talking about the actual feel of it versus just the virtual reality part of it. Um, I think that'd be awesome for gamers to actually feel something, you know, uh, while they're playing. I think that's, you know, just, uh, you know, when you get you have a controller and you feel like the vibration from it. I remember when controller started vibrating. It was just uh-huh. like, oh, wow. You know, you know, <laughs> I'm really there. Yeah. You know, and it felt it almost <laughs> felt like it was becoming realistic. But yeah. to go that far, you know, your whole body feeling it like, holy crap, man, man. Yeah, really. Like even in, in the few years, gaming has been a, th- a thing. Honestly, it's been what, like 20 years since gaming even became a regular household item. Right. Like that console it, it, within the last 15, 20 years. I mean, look at the growth we've had from having a even just a wired connection with a controller like to to get to that wireless state that was a huge milestone in gaming right and now reaching out for full full feel technology where you can actually experience the game in your own home and real like 
real time feel what you would if you were actually there. And I think that it will just grow and I can't wait to see where gaming goes in, in the, the near future. Yeah, I, I can't wait to, you know, I'm still a gamer, man. I'm, I'm going to be playing games. So I'm like 60 years old. I don't I don't care. You know, right. who, who the hell is going to tell me to stop playing? I mean, <laughs> exactly. I mean, take, take one good look at me. You know, like they don't call me the big homie for nothing. All right. Nah, I'm at, the nah, big nah, homie. Nah. That's what's up. That's what. <laughs> now nah, imagine if I be running in Call of Duty like I'm running in a war. Actually, you imagine how buff I'd be? <laughs> Zach, imagine that. Or even think about if they you got are... to that point of like full dive where oh you don't God. actually even use your body. Yeah. Imagine like pe- people who are paralyzed, the technology that they could use to actually experience walking again. Or the people like Stephen Hawking who have full body paralysis can throw on this wow. headgear and experience flight or like being able to run a marathon if that's what they want to do. So do you the, think the, Oh, go ahead, Frank. No, no, that's all you. So do you think that if the gaming if if this part of the aspect of gaming is is a success, do you think that will translate later into what you're explaining, you know, like artificial body, you know, Oh, part? I think it's more than likely that that will eventually happen because right. I think a lot of people are so restricted by ailments and diseases and, and there's so many things that cause people to have to stay indoors and not experience life to its fullest. Right. And video games is a, a, a way of escaping for a lot of these people. So I think if we get to the point where you could actually use your body or just use your mind to control the game, it would completely unrestrict people who have any kind of physical ailment. Anything that would cause them to, you know, even just fibromyalgia or, or, you know, rheumatoid arthritis where their joints just don't work as well as others. So, like, right now with VR, there's a lot of movement. You got to use your arms and, you know, move around. You have sensors and all that. And if you're in a wheelchair, there's no chance you can do that. Right. Like, you can't experience VR even to its fullest now. But if there's a way to access that without having to really move and you can just sit down and fully Im- it, it, take the game in at what it's meant to be and be able to use your body as its own controller, I think that will really unrestrict everybody who has a restriction. Yeah. I think I think it will cause there to be a lot of... Um, a lot more acceptance for video games and what we do as a community. Yeah. I think yeah. realize that there's there's more than just gaming in it. It can really help a lot of people. <coughs> That's what's up, buddy. That is what's That's up. That's what's up. That's yeah. so insightful. Man, I'm, I'm glad we got you here, man. You know, like I that, really that's what's it, up. <laughs> that is that's what's up. Um I I love the conversation, but we got to switch gears here. Okay, Frank, when you were here at FLCC, you ran the Fortnite Battle Royale team. Um, oh, yeah. Battle I'm, Royale. Battle Royale. All right, that's what's um, up. Oh, yeah. let's, let's start out with <laughs> your experiences playing Fortnite competitively. How did that work for you? Um, I actually really enjoyed it. I'm a really competitive person. I've always played, you know, sports as a kid. It's always been my life. I, I never really had 
I mean, it's going to sound terrible, but I never really had a childhood because I was always playing, you know, baseball in different parts of the country or doing this, that and whatever. Uh-huh. So no, that's good came, stuff right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a ton of fun. So I can't even say that, like, I didn't have a childhood. It was just more or less like I didn't get to go outside and play with my friends as much as normal kids do. But okay, it's right. what I enjoyed. Right. So when it came to playing a video game competitively, something that I've been playing for my whole life as well. And finally getting to experience that at the next level, that just gave me so much of a boost, so much of a it, like the urge to play, to become something better. So when it came to playing Fortnite, it wasn't exactly my favorite game that I've ever played, and it still isn't. I mean, I, I enjoy playing it from time to time, of course, but right. it, it's not – it gets stale. It's, it's the same thing over and over, and at the time that – competitive or i started playing competitive for the school Uh it wasn't exactly you know it was the same map there wasn't any of these drastic changes that have been made now where there's a pirate ship and there's a pirate cove and a volcano now as of season eight which is kind of ridiculous i have no idea what you guys are talking about (laughs) yeah so so let, let let's explain then battle royale fortnite you know fortnite i do know fortnite okay. yes do you know the concept of battle royale i do all right for those of you at home who may not know what the what battle royale is i'm sure all of you know what fortnite is but battle royale is where a uh, hundred players are thrown into a, a, a map a lobby of some sort right um, they start out with nothing. It's survival of the fittest. You right. gotta go. You gotta scavenge your weapons, scavenge mystical abilities. Now something mm-hmm. that can take out your opponent, okay. and it's basically just a large match of king of the hill because the last one standing wins. Right. So just starting out, it's you versus a hundred people. Wow. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. And uh, it it took the world by storm. I don't know how Fortnite got to be so big. I still don't like it to this day. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just now, like, understanding what it is. You know, my daughter, you know, is, yeah. is going crazy about uh-huh. this Fortnite. And I'm like, what is that? What is this? You I, know? Don't, I don't understand it. And yeah. I don't understand how they could have made so much money just by adding a new emote to the game. Right. You know? But, Frank, I mean, you not only did you play competitively, but like you said... You, you know, you, you built your way up to where you wanted to take that challenge. So how how hard was it? Because, I mean, you're you're good at Fortnite, okay? <laughs> I, I ain't going to lie. You know, yeah, that's, that's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> so, I mean, how, how long did it take you to get to that point where it was just like, eh, I'm going to go kill 100 people and be done, <laughs> you know? Um. It's it was a long it was it's a lot longer of a journey than a lot of the kids now. Uh, I feel like a lot of people now pick it up in season you know six and we're at eight now and they'll be basically where I am by season seven. So I started at the end of season two. Okay. Um, which is when skins were introduced. Okay. The, the first ever battle pass, which is what makes them all their money and and brings a lot of the attention to it came out in season two season one was nothing there was no skins everybody was a default like you'd say now um there was not there was no pizzazz to the game and it didn't blow up until season two when they released 
the first battle pass. Okay. And everyone went nuts, as they mm. did for, like, every other game that's ever introduced a skin system, a way to customize your your player, mm-hmm. a way to make you different from everyone else. Right. Um, so I started playing then. It was actually my buddy Jared, as I talked about earlier. He was playing since season one, and he told me to get it. Um, I'm a big PC nerd, so... I, of course, jumped in, and nobody was really good yet. Nobody really was, like, top tier. There was no such thing as a pro league. There weren't pros who played. Now, may, um, may I ask you a question real quick? When you course. when you picked up the game in Season 2, was it free, or did you have to pay for it? It was free as it it's always been. Okay. It's always been free for the Battle Royale mode. The okay. paid part of it is the Save the World mode, which was actually their base concept. A lot of people don't know that. They're like they're they're they were never going to make a battle royale mode. Mm. There was never going to be that. Mm. But they wanted to add some hype to the game. And at the time that they started development on the battle royale mode, H1Z1, uh, King of the Kill, was huge. That's where you know Ninja came from. Tifu came from there. Okay. Uh, a lot mm. of these huge names in Fortnite actually came off of h1 which is what my addiction was at the time you're talking h1z1 right yes og battle royale og the real deal uh-huh. uh and those guys that you were naming are characters they're uh, uh they're pro players they're so, people. Oh, okay i mean everybody knows ninja at this point he's broken so many records in the past year with streaming he's had the most subs in a month and a year he's made a ridiculous amount of revenue somewhere in the multi-millions of dollars off of streaming. That's what's up. Just just um, off of playing this this game. This, ba- this one game. Right. That's what's up. He's been a huge influence on gaming. And honestly, it's been super positive. He's done a lot of things that have messed up and people like to criticize him for it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't like him because, you know, he's he went family friendly, G rated stream. He doesn't curse. He doesn't do anything like that. But if you see old school ninja... He's a typical gamer, like rages, curses at the game, <laughs> gets mad, just okay. like the rest of them. Right. But um, yeah. When I when I first got into Fortnite, it wasn't this big thing. It wasn't nobody was raging about it. I mean, it took them, I think, six weeks to get to a million players after the release of it, which wow. would be the second by the that would be the end of the second season. Okay. So basically when I jumped in was when they were hitting their 1 million player milestone. But from there, that's when all the kids got into it. When everyone realized like, wow, there's skins. Let's let's go. Let's right. we got to play this game. It's free. And then they just Fortnite did everything right. Epic yeah. Games did everything right. And that's so rare nowadays to see a a, a large corporation actually do everything right. They never, when there was something that, a glitch, say, like one of the most notorious glitches, the double pump, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically, (laughs) yeah, I loved it personally, but it's, if you'd have two shotguns in your inventory, you have five slots for your inventory, your usable items. Um, If you, you had two pump shotguns, you could switch in between them and basically double your fire rate with a pump shotgun. Oh, so wow. instead of having to shoot, like, pump it back 
and then shoot again. You could pump, switch, shoot, switch, shoot, switch. So it doubled your fire rate. Right. And a lot of people thought it was game breaking because uh, it was easy to just decimate people. Because at this point, the pump shotgun did 200 plus damage to the head, which is your entire health bar with shield and everything. <laughs> so you can only imagine just this, getting this guy knows like what he's talking about. He's, he's got <laughs> it. No, yeah, I've been playing this game way too long now. But uh, the barrage of gunfire was just unmatched by anything. Um, and they quickly fixed it. They heard the community's outreach to change, and they did it. The same things happened with numerous other glitches. I mean, one of the more recent ones with the the Desert Eagle. It used to one-shot materials, which I'll go into materials later because I think that was their biggest draw to okay. every, everybody was the whole building system. But um, when you'd build, the Desert Eagle could one-shot 90% of materials with just one shot. So that could be really hard to deal with. If, some, if you have a squad of people and two of them have deagles and they're just shooting out your, your builds as you're trying to cover yourself and you're getting pushed by two other people, it's insanely hard to live. You're wow. basically dead at that point. Right. But um, to go along with my subject of, like, Epic Games did everything right, I think building. A lot of people say the skins brought the hype to Fortnite, and, and that's, you know, that's definitely a big part of it. And then there's Ninja, who brought a ton of people to the, the Fortnite scene. But I think the building aspect, a lot of people jumped on the game because the battle royale before it was just hide behind natural cover. Okay. H1Z right. was just natural cover. You'd hide behind rocks. You had vehicles, but you'd hide behind the vehicles. Um, and a lot of people enjoyed that game. But on top of that, they incorporated this whole new aspect that nobody had a, a kind of Minecraft style building instant builds you'd throw up a wall and you could hide behind it and that was a huge draw to people everyone loved it mm -hmm. i mean it, it was a whole new dynamic to a game that had never been introduced and i think that's why everyone started to try it and from there i mean it's a cartoony game it's not really something you get necessarily bored of because there's always a different situation like i mean csgo never they have never changed like anything it's right. been the same for the last seven years. Yet people still play it. Yet I still play it every day. Mm -hmm. I've been playing the game since release. I have probably 7,000 hours played at this point. Man. Yeah, I'm a big CSGO nerd. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was a game that I put a lot of time and effort into because I wanted to be pro for the longest time. But... Right. um. They introduced I mean, a new aspect that nobody had seen before. So a lot of people wanted to try it. And it was something new. Something people hadn't seen. So I think that really made it blow up. Let's let's take it a step further and talk about, you know, it's it's I feel like it's an understatement to say that Fortnite took the world by storm because we A, it did a little it did that and a little more. And B, this isn't the first time we've seen an instance like this happen. All right, uh, we're going to explain something to you, Johnny, okay? <laughs> um, Please do. <laughs> back in the day, okay? Okay, you talking about back in the day? Call of Duty. <laughs> oh, okay. Call just, of Duty. Go ahead. Go ahead. Was 
Listen. Don't let me have it, dude. <laughs> Call of Duty back in the day was boots on the ground, meaning that you didn't have to use jump packs or anything like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you know how Call of Duty does. They make yeah. they make a new game every year, new right. content. I loved the franchise. Now, back when a game called Call of Duty Advanced Warfare was supposed to launch, okay, there was also a game in development, and that game was called Titanfall. All right? Okay, yeah. That was, for me at least, one of the first instances of futuristic shooters, okay? In Titanfall, what would happen, um, you, you would start out with your person, right, who had all this agility, you know, unlimited sprint. You could double jump. You could run on walls, all that cool stuff, power slide. You could do all that. And after a timer, you could get into a Titan, right? Okay. Big machine with big guns, okay? Mm-hmm. And now that added a whole different playing playing field. Again, something that no one had ever thought of doing, Okay, not that that also took the world by storm, not nearly as much as Fortnite did. But we uh, it 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 shook the community enough to where we went through three or four years of just everything being double tap A to, you know, double jump and all that good stuff. Okay, so (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. So what Fortnite has done is you know is extraordinary but i also want to come back down to earth and say it has been done before you know of course i mean there's always been different you know unique traits to each game and i think of like a like you brought a titanfall i think that was one of the (laughs) the biggest mistakes ever uh for a video game not that it was a bad game i it wasn't own it a my- mistake i think it was a letdown of all of if anything else <laughs> yeah i think that's better terminology of a huge just a letdown i think they the the hype around it was just it, it grew too large if that's even possible mm-hmm. for a game uh, it, there was so much hype i mean e3 came out and the xbox one was announced and they were going to pair it with this amazing futuristic shooter Titanfall where you can control a huge mecha machine with giant guns and artillery and <laughs> futuristic game for a futuristic <laughs> console. That, that would make sense. Yeah, that's right. Draw for the Xbox. Yeah. But then when that fat $500 price tag on the Xbox, people <laughs> thought twice. They were like, what? I, I don't know about this. Yeah. 500 is a big big purchase right to typical gamer like i mean I, I the pc sitting next to me is is worth a lot but like that's years of working for that it's like i had to invest into it that's at 500 that's an investment at that point right 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 you know On top of that, it wasn't even just the uh the fact that it was a game console they were trying to market it as you know, a family entertainment system. I think that's kind of where their drawback came in with like a lot of people. Most people didn't just, they didn't want like, all right, cool. There's a DVR. Nice. Like Xbox, whatever, like family sharing. You can, 
use more than one console or like things like that like not many gamers care so i feel like when they drop titanfall and people not as many people bought the xbox because the ps4 was like 200 dollars cheaper or whatever it was like 399 um it wasn't there wasn't as much draw to it but titanfall in itself as a dynamic shooter i think it did well as what it was projected to be um i don't think it got the the recognize uh as recognized as it should have been because i mean it, it was completely different it was the advanced warfare before advanced warfare that's right that's what's up um let me get your take on this frank um at our last show um we had a guest, uh, Joel Garcia. Shout out to Joel. My man. Shout out to Joel. That's my boy right there. Um, he came in on the show, and he was explaining to us, Isaac and I, about the uh, streaming, uh, game streaming yes. uh, phenomenon. Yes. And what this new service is supposed to do for gaming versus uh, actually getting a hard copy at the store you know, the disc or whatever. Um, what, what is your take on, on game streaming? I honestly, I think it's the, one of the greatest thing features to hit, uh, hit game consoles and PCs everywhere. Oh, I think, I have a, a, a box for my monitor and I, I have a, 28 inch monitor so it's a fairly large box filled with ps3 games and that's what's up which i would love to just have all of them on my ps3 so i could get rid of this box full of plastic um and then on top of that you know actually here isaac you know what you were a little little iffy about the whole great game streaming but to give you a great example on why it's awesome um I think it was my 15th birthday. I was at a baseball tournament in Delaware. So my mom, I had been raving. Diablo 3 had just come out for console. Okay, and yeah, I, that's what's up right there. I wanted Diablo 3, yeah. and it, I forgot what edition it was, <laughs> but it was like the the ultra edition, like the one that came with literally everything. Right. So it was like, it was like $100. Right, right. I got this game I just gotten uh I think it was for my Xbox One. I just gotten the Xbox One and I now wanted Diablo three. My mom bought it for me and gave it to me while we were at this tournament. I played it for like eight hours because we had a buy that day. I played like all day long. Right, I had okay. all the boys in my all room. Right. We were grinding because you could play four players. My like man. it was super sick. The next day I go to play and it couldn't read. So I take the disc out, massive crack in the disc. Oh, from over no. Listen, that is because you played the game for eight hours straight. <laughs> nowadays, bro, if I'm if I'm streaming and I want to play freaking Anthem, right? I've been playing Anthem nonstop, just like you. Uh-huh. Uh, having tons of fun with the game which i feel like we should go into that later about all the terrible reviews behind it and why they are completely false but um we'll, we'll save that for an, a subject for another another show for sure <laughs> <laughs> sounds um, like we can go on for hours about that yeah <laughs> uh 
I have that on. I downloaded it offline or online, just like everybody else or the majority of people will. I can play for however long, 24 hours straight. Not like anybody could do that or would, but it gives me the ability to play the game outright. Right. I will never have to worry about losing something unless a corrupted file happens, which is very rare nowadays with the, with the technology we have. Corrupted files don't really happen unless an internet connection issue happens during a download. Right. But give you the ability to re-download it anyway. So I You're think right. it, yeah. it just it allows for more diverse gaming to be able to, you know, play on multiple consoles or, you know, be able to transfer your games like on Steam. I'm a huge Steam advocate, just as any other PC gamer is. I don't think there's many people out there who didn't get their first game off Steam when they started playing PC. Um, you can share your library with home streaming, with home sharing. And like my buddy Jared, my best friend, I brought him up three times now. He, I have his library and he has mine. So we can play all of these games together. He didn't have to purchase half of them and neither did I. So like it allows for gamers to be able to share and be able to play more with a less of a buffer you don't have to wait for you for, to get 60 dollars to go out and buy this xbox game or this ps4 game or whatever you're trying to buy you can okay right or you, or you get to the store and and they don't even have the title there exactly they yeah. sold out right yeah you don't have to worry about that online right you never have to worry about going on origin and going to pick up anthem and them saying sold out of digital copies that doesn't that can't happen right like they, they yeah. will never not allow you to buy a game online um but on the counterpart of that i feel like it does inevitably hurt the um the companies who put out the games because you know a lot of people use game sharing which isn't allowed on like ps4 but i've only bought one game for a P for the ps4 ever and yet i have like over 30 games because i game share my boy jared and he loves playing his PS4. Okay. That's what's up. Shout out to Jared for for, for hooking you up. Yeah, for <laughs> real. It's his birthday today, so definitely big shout out to them to my man. That's what's up. Um, but yeah, like I, that's two three hundred dollars in games that I've never paid for, and I can play fully without worrying about it. Like, I mean, that's three hundred dollars they didn't make. Sure, they don't technically need it because you know. Everybody who owns the game, for the most part, has bought it outright. So, of course, they're going to make millions anyway. But when it comes down to it, they're still losing money for putting out digital copies. That's crazy tight. Yeah. That's crazy tight. My man, really? I want to thank you for coming on the show. You are... Uh, a very insightful person. You're a true gamer, too, by the way, boss. Uh -huh. like, man. You, Thank you guys. I appreciate it so you're much. Totally dedicated to that crap right there. I, I ain't we mad at you, bud. Definitely gonna have to continue this conversation sometime in the near future. But unfortunately, we are out of time. Okay. Again, Frank, I want to thank you for being here. Thank you, sir. Um, to all the viewers at home, if you enjoyed, be sure to follow us at That's What's Up Pod That's on what's Instagram. Up pod on Instagram. 
uh, Twitter, Snapchat, all that good stuff. Twitter and Snapchat. Okay. Um, let us know what you thought about the show, how what you enjoyed, what you think we can do better. We we love to start conversations. So let's get a conversation going, all right? Yeah, just hit us up on one of those and we'll get to talking. That's what's up. That's what's up. And uh, I'm the big homie. And I'm GR. And we'll catch you next time. That's what's up. Peace.